This is your time to lit up with Angela Breidenbach. Lit Up is lighting up the literary world with book reviews, in-depth expert interviews, and ideas for you to design a lucrative writing career. Expand your imagination to enhance your life. Lit Up is always family-friendly, always good for your heart. Now, here is your host to Lit Up, Angela Breidenbach. This is Angela Breidenbach, and you're here with me on Lit Up. We're here to get lit up about the writing world from books to movies for readers, for those who dream about being a writer, and everything in between. So we're going to have a lot of fun today because I have a very special guest, somebody I love dearly, and she is, by the way, bilingual. And so she has written a book that brings in that Spanish and English influence into what she does. And I want you to know that you are going to love this nonfiction book. So in the past, I've done a couple of fiction and a nonfiction. Well, we're back to a nonfiction today. But this one is all about the spirit of getting rid of that fear, but giving you joy. So the book I'm talking about is called Simply Salsa, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta. And that title alone makes you feel like dancing. But if you get to know the author, you'll feel like dancing because she's so uplifting to you. And that comes across in her book. This is a book that is lighthearted and yet profound that speaks to women at every level, whether wallowing in the mire of self-pity, slogging through never-ending guilt, trying to outrun fear, or just plain missing out on the ecstasy of a dance-filled life. It doesn't have to be that way, and Simply Salsa was written to help you understand that. And that was a review written by my friend Kathy Macias, who is an author who is an award-winning author of more than 30 books of her own. But what was so cool about hearing uh, a friend write about a friend was that she had taken the time to really look at that work. And it was wonderful how she was able to put into words the thoughts that she had about that book. And you have to know, folks, that reviews are crucial. Reviews are so important to a book because without them, they don't succeed. But those reviews also have the opportunity to say what you got out of it. And if you're going to invest your time into a book, you want to know what you're going to get out of it. You're not just investing your time, but often you're investing your money. And so it's crucial to know how you can achieve something through that book. And so Simply Salsa, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta, is a book, honestly, that helps you to get that rhythm back into your life, get joy back into your life when you've gone through really difficult things. I want to tell you a few things, like a few favorite quotes that are from her book. She says, But amigas, joy has nothing to do with trouble-free life. Joy has everything to do with the absence of fear. And I know that there's times in our lives that we all do go through fear. In fact, starting this radio show was fear for me. And yet, when you overcome it, when you, when you just do it anyway, when you're obedient to the calling on your life, you start to find out that you gain a little bit of confidence along the way. And I think reading a book like Simply Salsa, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta, is helping you to draw into your life purpose because you're not being stopped by the fears that can disable us along the way. 
Here's another quote. In all areas of life, unfairness abounds, and justice may be blind, but injustice allows us to discover the beauty of forgiveness. Okay, there's a lot in that quote. The reason that I like it is because she says unfairness abounds. And when I was growing up, my dad, I would say, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, that little girl me. And my dad would just look at me and he would say, life's not fair. Get used to it. (laughs) As a little girl hearing that, that was a really tough thing to hear. But he was about helping me understand that if I went at life as a victim, I would never achieve what I was set in this world to do. And then in the next quote, in the next part of that quote, she says, and justice may be blind. Well, something you don't know about my guest is she is really blind. So when she says that, to me, there's a double meaning. She says unfairness abounds and justice may be blind. She's actually telling us the concept that we need to understand that life isn't fair. And it's not fair that we have to go through some of these things. But yet, We do understand the beauty of forgiveness. And this is something that is beautiful about my friend because she is someone who's very forgiving and very full of joy. And yet she was struck blind as an adult. So I think there's a lot of double entendre there that's really fascinating in that quote. Here's another quote. No amount of fear can increase our bank accounts and no amount of losses can decrease God's provision. So let me ask you this. When you get really, really worried about your bank account, does it go up? Now, let's take that bank account to emotional bank account. And when your fears get involved about relationships, does that make that relationship better? So when we start to look at the increase, at the opportunities that come out of that, at problem solving instead of um, problem searching, you know, Solve the problem instead of staring at the problem. Then we have some opportunities to overcome and become joyful. So I want to tell you a little bit about my friend, the author of Simply Salsa. In addition to her four inspirational books, international speaker Janet Perez-Eccles, writing has been published in 32 Chicken Soup for the Soul titles, Guidepost Magazine, Guidepost Books, and online Christian magazines. Janet is the host of Cooking in the Dark, video series, radio host and founder and president of JC Empowerment. But most evident of God's grace is that Janet is blind. So I'd like to welcome Janet Perez-Eccles to the show and bring her on board so you can get to meet my friend too. Let me tell you, you have the opportunity to go to visit her website at JanetPerezEccles.com. And she has two-minute videos on that are faith-based and that you can see um, And you can see how she manages through her life and get to see how she even cooks. And she, her, I've seen some of these videos and it amazes me how she shares her um, journey in the kitchen and she shares recipes that are delightful. We have reconnected with Janet and here she is. Welcome to the show, Janet. Thank you so much. And you know what? You say the word delightful and that is a sweet Sweet description. I thank you so much because I cannot see my own videos for obvious reasons. So thank you for that compliment. <laughs> you are delightful, though. Your personality is just so, so fun and spunky. And to me, it's a joy to talk with you. Thank 
Thank you. Well, it's always fun, isn't it? When we can just impart a little insight, a little inspiration. It makes us feel good. So I'm hoping we can do that in your wonderful new program, Nandy. Thank you. I want to ask you a question. Um, just recently, we were emailing back and forth, and you went to Cuba. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing in Cuba and what that experience was like? What I was doing in Cuba, Angie, is the same thing I do wherever I go, whether it's Mexico, the Caribbean countries, or South America, and that is to share a little bit of my life story to be able to impart encouragement, inspiration, and really empower the women there and men. Often there are men in our audiences when we visit there. I shouldn't say us because usually I travel by myself. So what I did specifically in Cuba is I addressed um, women's conferences. Women leaders came from all uh, different areas of Cuba to gather at this particular part in the northern part of the island, and it was it was an amazing experience. And whenever I go, I want to make sure, you know, they leave empowered, inspired. But when I was there, Angie, guess what? I was the one who was inspired, and I was just so impressed by the people in Cuba. Wow. What was, Tell me why. why. What was... I know well, people are impressive in many ways, but tell me what impressed you, because you've traveled, you're from Bolivia originally, and you, you became a citizen, a U.S. citizen, and, you know, you live in Florida, and I've met you at a lot of different writers' conferences and things, but what was so unique for you that you were impressed by the people of Cuba? You know, that's funny you say that, Angie, because me, being from Bolivia, nothing that I see in other countries should really impress me or surprise me. But what I found in Cuba is there's so many people, and really the whole country, except for a few who are in government, live in, live lives with, with so much um, lacking. In other words, they don't have supermarkets. They don't have places where you can choose groceries. They don't have shopping malls. They don't really have stores where you can choose clothes from. They just have to buy whatever's available if there's anything available with what they can afford. They don't have... Where do they um, do that at, though? Do they go to, like, an open-air market or a, or what? Well, yes, that's if someone in their small town would happen to bring some items for sale that's what they choose from. So when you see women walking around, that's what I was told, you don't see them with uh, blouses and pants coordinated or jewelry or shoes. They wear whatever is available. Not only with clothing or groceries or food, but the comforts. Um, the place I stayed really didn't have hot water, <laughs> and sometimes we didn't have toilet paper, and sometimes the toilet wouldn't even work, but we were very fortunate because at least there was a toilet inside. But here's what impressed me, Angie. They like so much, but do you know the Cuban people are happy? They're joyful. They laugh easily. They're not stressed. So I came home thinking, wait a minute, what's wrong with this picture in the United States? We have so much yet. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's down, complaining. <laughs> so I thought, wow, life can be very different in those countries, but I think in many ways, um, life it's better. It's simpler, and it's we get so involved in our like like I said earlier, um, just before you came out, it's like the staring at our problems instead of the solutions to the problems and getting. And I mean, if they're if they don't have a supermarket or they don't have a mall to go buy clothes, they wear what's available because the solution to the problem is clothing. Yeah, not what you have to do. Right. 
right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, yes, and that, there's a lesson for us there, right? Where does happiness, where does fulfillment and the richness of life, life found? You know, not in the things around us. So I was just really taken aback with that. And of course, the same thing with uh, when I went to the Philippines and Bolivia and Ecuador. Uh, people there are quite content. Uh, and and my job there is not really so much to tell them, well, this is what you need to do in order to be able to buy more things. And I'm just there to help them be able to see their circumstance from the emotional side, Angie, because a lot of them are suffering. There is a lot of um, a lot of um, you know, domestic violence and um, prostitution, uh, that type of emotional uh, emotional hardship. And that's where I come to be able to help them that way. We're going to go into this a little bit more after the break, but my guest today is Janet Perez Eccles, and you can find out more about her at JanetPerezEccles.com, and she speaks both Spanish and English, so don't be afraid to engage, and we'll be back with you right after this break. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Free radicals and antioxidants are at war with each other. Antioxidants stop free radicals, also known as oxidants, from traveling through your body and damaging your cells. Free radicals are molecules created when they are oxidized or lose electrons. According to Weight Watchers, research suggests that adding antioxidants found in fruits, vegetables, and grains to your diet is well worth it. Antioxidants may help stave off stroke, heart disease, and diabetes. On top of that, some studies indicate that antioxidants may even delay the onset of many age-related diseases. Since your body does not manufacture the main antioxidants, which are vitamin E and C, beta-carotene, and the trace metal selenium, it is important to add these to your diets. Be sure to consume fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. I'm Annette Hammond. Have you heard... The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up. And I am so excited because I get to share with you my friend Janet Perez-Eccles. And she has been an amazing uplifter to me for the last several years. Um, Just becoming a friend with her. I've been able to stay with her. I've gone to conferences with her. And um, the thing that's unique about her is the joy that she shares and the joy and the complimentary way that she uplifts everybody around her. And yet, 
she's come from a story that is really, really difficult. And so, uh, Janet, would you mind sharing with the audience um, the journey that you went through in this segment um, so that you could come to a place of joy? Uh, well, my story really begins many years ago when I was 30, and a disease of the retina robbed my sight completely. It was a traumatic time because I never expected that to happen. Doctors had told us not to worry about it until I possibly reached the age of 60, but at 30, in a matter of months, the sights began to close in, and until the day I woke up, I put my hand before my face, and I saw absolutely nothing, no shadows, no colors, nothing. My little boys were three, five, and seven at the time, and my husband wasn't ready to face this situation. He married a healthy, nice-looking young woman, and now he was married to a blind woman. And he came home one day and said that he couldn't handle the marriage, and he had found somebody else. So there I was, feeling abandoned by God because he had not heard my prayer as much as I asked and begged not to let this disease take my sight, but he had not heard that prayer. And on top of that, my husband was leaving me. It was a very, very dark moment in my life in many ways, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Wow. Yes, it was It was not a pretty episode there, and I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it. And How I was, did you take that um, situation and, and not only embrace it, but turn it to joy? Well, a couple of things had to happen. I had to first recognize that I couldn't do anything on my own. Second thing was I needed to find someone to turn it to, and that's when I found... It was God who was there, ready for me to come to Him. Those times that I thought He was silent and He had abandoned me, He really had not. And someone gave me a Bible and audio, and I began to listen to God's Word and and took it in and received it and believed it and stood in it and declared it for my own. And that created a change in me, Angie. I wasn't that desperate, hysterical woman anymore. I had peace, and I also had wisdom to tell my husband that, I didn't want to force him to stay with me because I never forced him to marry me in the first place. And I think he saw that change in me and the confidence and the security that I had because I also had somebody else in my life whose name was Jesus. So as a result, he days later came home and he said, I made my decision. And I said, yes. And he said, I decided to leave everything else behind and be devoted to you and our sons. And that's when I told him that what we need to do is Pray together first, invite Christ in our marriage, and he agreed. We began to talk. We prayed together. He became our best friend. We fell in love all over again, and we've been married 41 years. Oh, that is such an inspiring story. And I think it's really important. Um, I've had the joy of meeting your husband, and he is a really cool guy. And, he and I just love that guy. Yeah, my blue-eyed gringo, I call him. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... Um, and you're so petite, and he's so tall, and so... <laughs> and then, yes, I'm trying to get him to lose weight, but that's okay, that's another story. <laughs> but well, I'd like to know, answer your question about finding joy. Let me tell what, Angie, people ask me that same question, how do you live with joy being completely blind? And as you know, my blindness is not the worst tragedy in my life. You know what I do, Angie, every day, I wake up very conscious of how I fill my thinking. What kind of thoughts do I let fill, to fill my mind? Do I get up and say, oh my goodness, where's the bathroom? How am I going to get around the house? Or do I say, thank you, God, to give me one more day 
to be able to inspire somebody. Maybe I can write something that will help somebody see a different side of their life. Maybe, God, you'll use me in ways I never expected. So you see, how can you not have joy, right, when God shows you what to think about and which dictates, of course, the attitude that you have? So there you have it. <laughs> can you just for fun, because I said you were bilingual, can you, can you say a short synopsis of what you just said in Spanish in case we have any other bilingual listeners? What a great idea. Bueno, quiero compartir con ustedes que yo, aunque sea una persona ciega, no vidente, siento el gozo del Señor porque aprendí cómo así puedo yo cambiar la forma de pensar. Jamás pienso en pobrecita de mí que no puedo hacer esto o puedo hacer lo otro, pero en vez digo, Señor, gracias que tú me has dado un día más para poder inspirar, un día más para poder ayudar a otras personas. Por eso es que aún no pudiendo ver nada físicamente, tengo los ojos de corazón para ver al Señor. Ah, one day more, she said. Un día más, one day more. Sí. <laughs> that was such a wonderful way to hear it and such a beautiful lyrical language. And so to be able to hear that in two different ways, um, the words that stuck out to me were one day more, un día más. That's right. So thank one more, you. One more day I can inspire somebody, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now I want to ask you some, some questions that are a little bit more on the techie side. Um, we know that you're blind. We know that you're a writer, we know that you're a speaker, and we know that you travel. All of these things come together, and we know you do a lot of these things alone, but you do have some assistance at times when you need it. Um, I've been able to be the elbow that guided you up and down into restaurants and such at, uh, every now and again, and that was really fun, and it was quite an honor. But I want to know, what tools do you use in your life, in your writing career, and in marketing? So we can take those in any order that you feel most comfortable and confident talking about them. But what tools do you use that help you get through life, career, and marketing? Well, the most obvious is one that I use to be able to operate the computer, which is um, software that reads me the screen. So anything I key on the keyboard, I can hear it speak to me. If I you know, press a letter, it tells me what letter it is. If I type a word, it tells me the word. So in the last 20 years I've been operating this computer, I can do all those commands quite quickly, and I can write, I can read, I can read emails, and move from application to application. So that tool was pretty essential for me to be able to do my writing. So what, that's what how tool I is that? Because people say, wait a minute, who reads your emails? I said, I read them. And, uh, of course, I have the speed quite fast because I'm so used to it. So if someone walks in the room and they hear it, they say, what in the world was that? Because I have it really fast. <laughs> so it's really a, a wonderful, you know, a wonderful technology to help people who are blind like me to operate the computer quite e quite easily. As far as um, writing... Wait, 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 what? wait, I missed the name of the tool. Oh, it's called JAWS, J-A-W-S. It stands for Job wow. Assistance with Speech, JAWS. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Okay, next. <laughs> okay, then as far as traveling by myself, it's one of the things I absolutely, totally enjoy. I just call the airline and tell them I need somebody to help me with uh, and for my, let's say, one, I have to have a layover in an airport so they can help me from one gate to, other, to another. And they're very, very accommodating. They have somebody waiting for me. And then I just ask them to, when I read my, reach my destination, if they would help me get to the entrance of the airport, or usually the person picking me up is there waiting for me. Now, many times when they find me online, I don't know who that person is. I 
never met them, but I have to trust in God that they're going to it's going to be the right person. It's going to take me to the right place to speak. And especially if I go to foreign countries, there have been a couple of times where I was invited and my husband said, okay, honey, I'll let you go, but remember, no ransom money. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I love you too, honey. But anyway, I do. I do have to trust. Learn to trust. And what I do, the person who's taking me to my hotel room, I ask them two favors. First of all, make sure that all the lights are off because I don't want to go to bed with lights on. And second, come in the bathroom with me and tell me which of these containers is the shampoo and which is the body lotion, because I've been known to try to shampoo my hair with body lotion, and that's not a fun thing. So (laughs) I just... Without her mouthwash, that would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I know, so I have to think of those details, right? And then when I get there, I unpack my bag, I put things in certain places, always remember where things are. I get ready for bed the next day. I just feel my way around the bathroom, take my shower, and get dressed and put on my own makeup, my jewelry, which I already packed myself, and uh, I am ready. So things like that where you basically you've set up systems that you just work the system, and that's how life works for you. Well, you know, Angie, here's something that I, I'd love to, listen, to, to share with your listeners. It's not so much how I do it. But let me tell you why I do it. I do it because I don't want to let a circumstance hold me back. I don't want my blindness to, to, to dictate the way I do things by putting limitations that really should not be limitations. I could say, well, how in the world will I travel, you know, to Santo Domingo by myself? I don't know anybody. I've never been there. But what I do is I just have that passion, that burning passion to reach the person who's possibly feeling sorry for themselves. To, to show them a better way, to give them a little bit of insight to help them deal with their lives. So because I have that passion, Angie, those things that I do are not limitations. They're just challenges for me to be able to use my creativity, use my boldness, and use my imagination to figure out how am I going to do this, and it always works. And I think everyone I has challenges, right? We can apply the same. Yeah, the, especially the imagination, because... You know, I have people say, well, how did you think of that? And I just think, um, how did you not think about it so you could come up with a solution? You know, it, I think it's it's not problem-based. It's solution-based thinking. It's solution. That's right. I have to look at what the outcome is going to be. I picture myself, Angie, opening my hotel room, someone there picking me up, and I must look sharp, clean, professional, with perfect makeup, and I have to have the right message in my heart and my head because often I have to give. In fact, next week I'll be traveling to to Missouri, and I'll be giving six talks, six of them in one week. That means I have to have a lot of information in my head because obviously I don't have notes. I never learn Braille. So there's a lot of preparation to be done, but I picture myself on stage delivering a powerful message. That is my outcome. That is my goal, and that is my focus. Wow. We're going to go into our next break, and I just want folks to stay with us because Janet Perez-Eccles is one inspiring lady. And you can find out more about her book, Simply Salsa, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta, at JanetPerezEccles.com, and you can find other books by Janet as well. And we will be back with you in just a few moments. And if you want to hear more about me, my name is Angela Breidenbach, and it's at AngelaBreidenbach.com, B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. Be back with you in a moment. Yeah. 
stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. According to Men's Health magazine, Australian researchers found that every hour in front of the TV trims 22 minutes from your life. A study at the University of Vermont discovered that overweight participants who cut their daily television time in half from an average of five hours to two and a half hours burned an extra 119 calories a day. Another study reported that overweight people had an average of 3.4 television sets in their homes, while lean people had an average of 2.6 television sets. It is reported that of people who lost weight, 63% of them watched less than 10 hours of TV a week. All this research should encourage you to watch TV in moderation and choose to go for a brisk walk instead of sitting in front of the television. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, Girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach, and you're with us here today on Lit Up. This is where we can answer your questions, explore the writing world from reading to dreaming of writing to everything in between. And my guest today is Janet Perez Eccles, and she has a website, inspirationforyou.com. And if you go there, you're going to not only learn a lot about Janet, her story, her testimony, but you're going to learn a lot about the different books that she does. But I want to learn in this next segment how she writes her books. So, Janet, can you tell us a little bit about the tools you use to write your books? And we now uh, we've learned about JAWS. And uh, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit more, like, how do you do what you do? Good question, and I wonder if, if you ask the same question to different authors, they'll probably all give you a different answer. It's, For me, that's why <laughs> Because we all come from a different walk of life and different things, not just to want to write, first of all. And I think first you have to have a desire to, to bring out a message, and that, for me, is the most important thing, because even though when I wrote my first book, which is um, just my story with a Bible study in the back, I had to first think of that person who's going to be reading my story. What can I bring to that person? What is it that I need to convey? How will I be able to help them solve their problems, help them to lift, lift them up from their possible sorry situation they're feeling them, finding themselves in? So once I have that, that goal and that outcome in mind, well, then I, what I do is I use, again, JAWS, my 
or a screen reader to be able to develop an outline of the book. Now, a lot of times authors, I think, just begin with one idea and they begin developing. With me, it's the opposite. I gather all kinds of insights already with that book in, in mind. So I have a lot in my head already. Like the book I'm writing about immigration, what does God say about immigration, written by an immigrant who came here legally, by the way. How will I be able to divide that group? How will I organize that book? What will I want to give the, the reader? Is it um, just insight? Is it fact? Is it my story? Or is it I'm going to provide an angle from God's point of view about an issue that's so controversial? So I have to first decide what is the framework of the book. Then next, of course, I draw an outline. And in doing so, I don't know if you use this tool, Angie, but it's so important for me to be able to include even book titles that will be um, search engine friendly, meaning Mm -hmm. what are people going to be logging in or looking for that I want to include either in the title of my chapters, in the content, and even more so on the title. And as you know, the title could even make it or break it, right, Angie? Right. <laughs> that is so you're so saying huge. you're very intentional even about the chapter titles to be search engine friendly. Yes, and that they would be phrases that people would put into their search bar to look up those topics? Exactly. Right. Wow. You know, how do I become That's a citizen? Awful. You know, what are the requirements? What do I do if my, you know, my parents are here illegally or... The things, you know, a few words, a combination of words, because nowadays, as you know, Amazon has a way for you to open um, a book and peek at the inside and look at the chapter Mm -hmm. titles and sometimes summaries. And people, as we know, when we go actually to a bookstore, you're going to open the book and people are going to look at the uh, some of the titles to get an idea what the book's about. And if something touches their interest and is something that's familiar to them or sparks a little curiosity, then the book may be more inviting to them rather than choose a title that's pretty ambiguous or really has no no concept that could speak to the reader. You don't want that. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, mm -hmm. and another tool that I have to use is find resources to craft the book title, the book cover, um, but, of course, I, I, you have some say so when you're traditionally published. I, the book for Sim, the cover for Simply Salsa, the first one I got from the publisher was a woman who was dancing and her leg was kind of with a slit of skirt and her leg was kind of up in the air. And when my husband saw that, he said, oh, I don't think this book cover is going to work. <laughs> but one thing is, the book, the, the image looked like me. And I said, I never danced like that. <laughs> I just wanted to make it all. So the book cover has to also be so crucially important. Now with me, not being able to see, I have to trust in other people's eyes. That becomes mm-hmm. sometimes a problem that I need to solve. Why? Because, Angie, if I showed you the book cover, you said, oh, I love that. I show it to somebody else. I said, oh, no, that I don't think that will work. Somebody else says, well, you know, if you only... So I have to pray, what is the right book cover for my book? I can't judge myself. So a lot of different elements that come into putting a book out um, have to be resolved in different stages. And, of course, as you know, the editing. But here's the great thing about what I do, 
Angie, and by using a screen reader, is that everything I write, the, the screen reader reads to me. And that is so important to be able to hear what you just wrote. See, I don't mm-hmm. have any other way but to do that. And I, I don't know about you. I know you can actually read it with your eyes on the screen, but I don't know if it ever helps you to actually hear what you wrote. Does that ever matter to you, Angie? Oh, it matters a lot. And one of the things that I want to learn how to do is dictate my books because you can actually write faster by dictating. But I keep stumbling over trying to do that. And I don't know how to even start doing that because I tend to um, do a lot more of like I do the skeleton outline of the book and then, you know, go from there. I kind of go at it from a different angle than you. But when I can hear it read to me, um, yeah, it, it takes me, I'm a speed reader. And so I actually can read by shape of word versus looking at the letters of the word. So it's very easy for me to miss, you know, like a typo or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can read a book a lot faster. Um, My husband and I, (laughs) funny aside, we took a premarital test. Now this is 20 years ago. But um, I take tests really fast. And I was done like 45 minutes before he was. And this was like a two, three hour long test. And I was done halfway through the time. And he was looking at me going, what in the world did you do? You know? (laughs) But it's because I had learned speed read in elementary school because they couldn't keep me busy because I was just voracious reader and I was very quick at things that I did. And so I would get really um, disruptive because they also yeah. called me Jet Jaws. You were bored. <laughs> <laughs> so You're still disrupting, Angie, with your little bubbly personality. But whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, it, you know, love so you. speed reading can, can get me in trouble. You know, know, so it's like, yeah, hearing it is really, really good. It is. It, there's, and you hear the cadence of your writing. You hear long sentences. And it really is a joy to be able to hear. So not having any other way of writing, I'm glad that I have what I have. So uh, I'm just blessing the, the path God took me because it's easier for me to write as well. You know, it's, you I can hear to go first. You've been doing this for a long time. You're um, dictating your books. So well, if somebody the- like me who feels like a fish out of water, you know, with well, dictating books, how would, right, how would you tell me thing, to Angie, try to get started? Yeah, there's a huge difference of dictating the book as to writing it and then have the system read to me. So I never dictate anything. There's, there's nothing. I'm not saying anything at all. You're talking about there's a software called Dragon type, I think it is, that you actually yeah, have, speak. you speak in a, in a microphone and then it starts typing it. I I can't do that. The reason is is because you need to be able to see you know what it's writing and ultimately read it back yourself. Well, I couldn't do that. I can't see the. So there's screen. actually yeah. So you type it in and then let it read it back to you. Yes, I, as I type, you can program it to do whatever. You can program it to read. As you're writing it, this is what I do. Like if I press the letter J, it reads me J, and I put J-A-N-E-T, it tells me J-A-N-E-T. Uh, so it's, I can hear the letters, but I type quite fast, so I, I'm not listening to the letters. I know what I'm typing. And then when I want to read back, then there's different key commands. Uh, I have it read to me maybe word by word, line by line, paragraph by paragraph. That's when I can hear it read once I already wrote it. So I don't dictate anything at all into the computer but you would you would dictate it you can watch on the screen what it's writing you know what what you dictated as it writes it so there's a yeah totally two different tools 
I would think it would be almost distracting to me to watch it hit the screen. I'm not really sure. But I do watch it when I'm typing. So I guess that would make much more sense to me. Yeah, huh. maybe. Yeah, I never used that, that, that dragon speech right. for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, that would be an interesting interview to get somebody on to do um, to tell us about how they use dragon speak and how they um, dictate or something like that. That would be kind of a fun one, wouldn't it? It would be because there's a person who possibly can't type because of, uh, you know, I, I know, in fact, we're going to see him tomorrow. He's a paraplegic, has very little movement of his hands. So he dictates his information. Wow. Yeah. So I wouldn't know. I've listened to some some other um, writers talk about how they are faster writers, and uh, over and over and over again, I'm like, oh, I dictate now. I dictate now. I'm like, I tried so far, but I only tried once, and I just felt like I fell flat on my face. <laughs> yeah, and I, with anything though, I think it takes practice. Um, yes. But what I, what I did do is I had some of my talks transcribed into text, which also worked out well. You know, but you have somebody do that. You send them the MP3 and they transcribe it into a written form. I've done that, but uh, but I, that's a talk I already gave before a live audience, for example, and they transcribed it. Now, you use a lot. Um, we're go- actually going into another break. So when we come back... I would love to um, talk to you a little bit, too, about um, your videos and how you do the videos for um, your message and your marketing and, and things like that. That would be a really fun one um, okay, for everybody sure. about as well. Sure. Um, so in the, in the meantime, though, so far we've covered your tools are that you, you type it in and you have JAWS read it back to you. Mm-hmm. And then question of do you have an editor usually? Um. Yes, and it depends on what I'm writing. I've been doing a lot of slideshows lately, and I just send it to my friend just to make sure there aren't any typos. It's not really editing. It's just to make sure that it's a clean clean copy. Um, those are normally shorter pieces, 1,200 words, 800 words. But for a book, like for Simply Salsa, I guess I had somebody edit it before I turned it over, before my agent turned it over to the publisher, uh, and they did final editing and copy editing. Uh, when I submit pieces to Chicken Soup, I have somebody just look it over as well. Uh, but they're not really okay, we're professional. We're going to have to break there for a second, and we're going to come back in after the break, and we're going to talk to Janet more about the tools she uses in writing. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Soups are often included in healthy, low-calorie diet plans. 
But as with most foods, the calories and nutritional value can be very diverse. A typical bowl of soup has two cups and can range from 75 calories for a bowl of gazpacho to over 600 calories for some chowders. Research shows that mini soups are very high in sodium. When tested, the results showed that 99% of the supposedly healthy and light soups contain salt above the daily recommended level. When choosing soups, go for the broth and water-based varieties. In general, the more water a soup contains, the less calories. Skip cream-based soups that are full of fat. It is always best to order a cup of soup rather than a bowl. Keep your quantity small and your calories low. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach, and you're joining us today on Lit Up. And I am so excited to be talking to my friend Janet Perez-Eccles. And she has a website called Inspiration for You. And that will get you right over to Janet Perez-Eccles, and you'll get to learn all about her and about the ministry that she has. And she's a bilingual ministry. She travels all over the place, anywhere, and she can speak in English or Spanish. But she writes in English and in Spanish, and she's a translator. So it's a really fun thing to do to talk to somebody who's so accomplished, and she is fearless and full of joy. So I've been talking with her today about the tools she uses to do the job and the calling that's on her life. And right now I want to ask her some more questions about the tools that she uses for writing and marketing. So Janet, you know, we were talking about JAWS, and can you tell me what JAWS stands for again? Sure, it's Job Assistance with Speech. Uh-huh. J-A-V-A? Java? Just like Jaws, the movie Jaws with the Sharks, J-A-W-S. Awesome. And then you also use, um, you just type your books in and you have Jaws speak them back to you. And then you have some people that help you with typos and editing that are going on the way to the professional, traditional um, publishing house. But then you use video a lot. And we touched on... Um, that you have cooking in the dark videos and it's fascinating to watch because they are delightful and inspiring and full of really fun recipes. But how did you start that idea in the first place? And then what tools do you use to actually make your videos? Doing videos is pretty simple nowadays, especially if you have just a regular you know, cell phone or an iPhone. And um, at one point I was, fixing something quickly and my husband just happened to have a cell phone and he said I'm just going to videotape it and I thought okay so I just did it and we showed it to somebody and they said oh my gosh Jenna I can't believe no way you're sitting there chopping that onion you can't see (laughs) (laughs) they made such a big deal about it and I thought really come on I mean if you press it you do it and I've been doing it for so long I don't have to I, I just, all the recipes I use are the ones I make up myself, and they don't have to be, I have three criteria for my recipes, by the way. They have to be nutritious, delicious, and so simple, you can prepare them with your eyes closed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So, and they really, okay, really so are. Do you, so, so, so do you no, ever have no. any disaster recipes in the kitchen? Because I love creating recipes, but every now and again, I have a disaster in the kitchen, and my husband's like, don't make that one again. <laughs> Well, I eat my own disasters. <laughs> the disaster, nobody else will eat them. I eat them. <laughs> but I have 
to learn, you know. I, I was, in fact, I, just the other day, I thought, what are these muffins? I went, oh, yeah, they didn't turn out that time. They just didn't spill. But most of the time, I since I use all natural ingredients, I know no matter what it tastes, it's going to be good for you. And so I had been doing those for a number of years in different different types of dishes and things until somehow the 700 Club got a, I guess they saw one of them, so they came from Virginia to my home, and they filmed a couple of them. And so that was a lot of fun to be able to have that exposure, not only because I'm cooking something that's good, something that I can teach, but just the fact that I don't have any sight at all and I can put things together by feel. I, I feel, you know, how much of this, how much of that. I stir, stir with a spoon. I can tell if it's too dry, if it's too moist, and if and know how to adjust ingredients to get the right consistency. I know how to spoon it into, let's say, if I'm making muffins, into the little papers so that I, it doesn't make a mess. Um, I practice doing, I've been doing it for so long, and it's easy for me. But, you know, everybody says, well, how do you know where they are? I mean, how, didn't you ever miss them? Well, I, I feel with my other hand. So a lot of things are done by feel. A lot of things are done by smell. I can tell the different spices. And, of course, by taste, I can tell what's missing. So when you have your other five senses, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not too difficult. At least it's not for me. But I also use another sense, and that is my sense of humor in my cooking shows. <laughs> because I think people need to laugh a little now and then, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think humor makes a huge difference. I think that's what's really nice about Simply Salsa, too, is that there's just kind of a, a little delightful perk behind the words, you know? And so people, when they're thinking about, like, overcoming, um, they, it always feels like such a heavy topic. But um, like you treat your cooking, you know, I think the the words that you use um, help people to have a lighter sense of of accomplishment in overcoming a difficulty and um and then when you can go out there with humor and show them how to do a, a fun video like that it's just so cool and you know Angie, as we know as authors um writers we need to be so conscious of what is it that's going to engage our readers what is it that's going to make it inviting enough for them to be able to want to read a writing because the competition is fierce I mean, there's books available to you, and even now, even free books all over the place. So what's going to make your book, your writing, your message stand out? And I think being creative in doing that is really important. And, of course, I don't just have cooking in the dark videos. I do videos of just about anything, you know, and your imagination is is the only limit that you have in order to do these videos. And I put out a newsletter every single week, and each week there's an inspirational video in it. People want to watch. People want to be entertained. Shame on us, shame on us because of that, because really we should, we should be able to want to be challenged, to be educated. But the truth is people have too much out there, and you need to engage them by providing some type of, entertainment but with a powerful message yeah i completely agree with you on that one now are your books in audiobook format too you know they're not they're not and i'm looking into having that possibility i know you've done that angie and you've been successful with putting your books on audio um the, my first book 
is in audio, but it was because it was included in the Library of Congress, and they put it into Braille, and thus they also put it into audio, and it's available for the visually impaired, but not, I don't think, to the public. Uh, but what what I do do, someone writes me and says, you know, I'm also blind and I use a screen reader. I would love to read your book. What I do is a gift. I send them a copy, a PDF copy, so that their screen reader, like Joss, could read the book out loud to them. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I know I send um, PDFs to reviewers and things like that um, so that they can review the book and, and share their review with others. And I know, you know, getting Amazon reviews are a really good thing, but verified purchasers on Amazon are better. And um, But if you have, like, Goodreads, uh, if you go to christianbook.com, if you have a blog, um, if you do a video blog, which they call vlog on uh, YouTube or Vimeo or any of these other um, video platform sites, doing a review of books like Janet's uh, Simply Salsa, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta – is a wonderful way to um, help the author. Uh, it's giving back. If you've really enjoyed the book, uh, or if you've even gotten one thing out of it that might make a difference in your day, make a difference in your life, uh, or uplift you, or has just been a great story to read, um, listeners, if you can't do anything for an author, do uh, at least do the review. Anywhere you feel confident and comfortable or spread the word about the book because without doing that, it's hard to get these books like this that can be so uplifting and life-changing or entertaining and educational. Uh, It's hard to get out there in this very noisy, noisy world. So I really hope that as, as readers, as listeners, that you'll engage with the author through a review. Uh, it's it's the most amazing gift to give an author because they are so hard to get because people just don't have a lot of time these days. Um, is there a specific way that um, you enjoy, you know, do you ever read your reviews or anything like that, Janet? Oh, Angie, you know, I was just going to say that about reading reviews, and you are so right. It is the greatest gift a reader can give us. Um, and of course, they're good reviews, right? <laughs> the ones that are that are not maybe not so good and i made a point a long time ago angie not to read my reviews and let me tell you why because i could get all oh wow see wow i'm a really good writer wow i have or i if i read one that's maybe not so good i would be devastated mm-hmm. and that's probably not a good thing i wouldn't recommend authors to do that but I'm just, I think I'm oversensitive about that because I want so much to get a book out there that's going to truly impact my reader. And if there's something that they found, anything that's negative, I, I know it would crush me. Thus, you know, I ask when they say I put a review on Amazon for you, I ask them to send it to me. In, my, in the body of an email, because it's hard for me to navigate. Even though I use a screen reader, it's extremely difficult to navigate through different websites, especially Amazon that has so much. So I figure I'm safe. If they're going to send it to me, it probably wouldn't be a bad review. So that's the only time I read. But going into reading a list of reviews on Amazon, no. I don't even know how many I have. But some people said, uh, you know, I have a few there. So that's a good thing. How about you? Do you read your reviews all the time? 
I, I try to read them, especially if people have told me about them, and to thank them for doing it, because from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful that they've taken the time to do it. It's hard to get. Um, but I also try to ignore, um, you know, like troll reviews or one-star things or things like that, because like you said, it's very spirit crushing. And if we have a message to give and a job to do, then we have to do that. And we're at the end of the show. So I want to give you a chance um, in, a, in about 30 seconds. Do you have anything on your heart that you want to share with listeners? Um, I think what I'd love to, to share with them is that they would be such a, such a blessing to us, uh, to, for, for readers to get the word out about our books. And I think to writers, the main thing I would say, not to let your limitations uh, stop you, because I think that, you know, the success is not found in what we cannot do because of circumstances out of our control. I think success comes when we learn what we can do with what God has given us. So use what you have for his glory and write and get that message out. Oh, thank you so much, Janet. That is exactly the right thing to say. So thank you for being with us, Janet Perez Eccles. And you can find her at inspirationforyou.com. And you can see her videos of Cooking in the Dark and other videos that she puts up. And my name is AngelaBreidenbach.com. And I hope you'll be with us next time on Lit Up and Get Lit Up About the Literature World from Books to Movies. Because we're all about making your dreams come true. Thanks so much. Thanks, Angie. Thank you for joining us on Lit Up. Light up your literary world. Expand your imagination. Enhance your life. Lit Up will be back next week with another great conversation. Join us, won't you? Right here on Lit Up. There's no place I'd rather be.